0: Friedman, really great songwriter. And he just captures that. That's the choice. That's the choice in any given moment. So, on Wednesdays I've been leading a class on the Book of Joy with um, written by, actually, written by, what is it, David? It's, I'm going to lie if I say his name. Somebody I, you don't know. <laughs> As he's taking down the conversations between the Dalai Lama and the Archbishop um, Desmond Tutu. They are old friends. They they both have been through the fire. And they are both incredibly joyful. They're talking about forgiveness as a component of joy. They're talking about love as a component of joy. They're talking about self-awareness as a component of true joy. True joy. They're talking about the ability to rejoice in other people's good as a way of true joy. And so this is what I want to focus on this month and going to the, into the Christmas season. I'm kind of um, echoing. Is there something you can do about that? Hello, hello, hello. Do, 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 do. By the way, um, update, that's better. Update on our uh, sound system. It has been ordered all of the components Um, it looks like most of them are going to be pretty available pretty soon but as we all know there are some um, problems with uh, shipping and things getting where they need to be so we're going to have to be patient again but it's happening it's on its way and our lighting, which is part of all of that, will be installed this week by John Leach over here. So I already purchased that. So we're on our way. We're on our way. It's getting better. And we will um, – it would be really cool to have it in by Christmas, but we'll see. I am <laughs> getting my hopes up about that. It will be here when it's time for it to be here, and we will enjoy it when it gets here. So – I have been in this idea of joy I've also been um, reading a book that I read when it first came out about oh gosh I guess it's been 21 22 23 years something like I don't remember exactly but um, called loving what is and what Byron Katie who wrote the book talks about is if you want to have joy if you want to have peace in your life you have to make Peace with what is not try to make what is fit into your idea of peace <laughs> see how one works and the other one doesn't it seems so obvious and yet we do it all the time and what she talks about is that nothing in the world makes us angry it's our thoughts about that thing right the boat floating didn't make him angry but he had a thought about that boat. Somebody. And it wasn't even somebody. And when there's only a boat to be angry at, you feel kind of stupid. <laughs> Although, probably I could go, somebody, left that boat up here. <laughs> you know, we get we get very married to our way of seeing things. And so, as an introduction to this, and this is a very, very deep spiritual work um, that I've worked with, and I am looking at, in the new year, doing some more work with it um, on a possibly a small group or individual basis for those of you who are interested. So this week and next week is just an introduction to what she calls the work, and the first thing you have to know is that you can only do work on your own business, and there's three kinds of business in the world, she likes to say. There's my business, there's your business. And there's God's business so if you want to know whether it's your business or not I will ask you this question is there anything you can do about it it doesn't count forcing someone else to do something about it is there anything is it under your control if it's not under your control then I suggest it's someone else's business it's theirs or it's God Arguing with reality is what hurts. The boat hitting the boat, that didn't hurt. Not wanting the boat to hit the boat and having thoughts about anger about the boat hitting the boat is what makes us angry. Get it? The boat didn't do anything. The boat was just drifting. And then we had a thought. Think about all the things that happen in the world that you don't know about and you feel fine till you find out and then you think that shouldn't have happened we start arguing with reality and this word should is a very very important word I've been telling you this for years that if you find yourself shooting try putting a could in there instead I should do that I could do that apparently I'm not <laughs> they should do that well are they doing that mm. Then maybe you need to look at what that word should means. Because if it's happening, then it should be happening. That's a hard concept. Think about that for a minute. Anything that's happening should be happening. The closest the Buddhists have to God is the way things are. That's the whole Buddhist practice, is working within oneself to try to accept, embrace, allow, what's gonna happen anyway? (laughs) What's happening anyway? And be able to have some control over our thoughts and emotions about that. That's all it is. And so when they say the way things are, I can say God is the way things are. God is, if we believe that God is everywhere, That there is nowhere that God is not present. In no human being, in no happening, in no plant or tree or piece of dirt on this earth, in no star in the sky, in no molecule of air, in no chemical, there is nothing in which God is not. Are you with me on that? Yes. If you believe that, then the way things are is exactly the way things should be. And if you don't believe that, the way things are is still the way things are. (laughs) And we cause our own pain by arguing with the way things are. The Buddha said it all suffering is or is dukkha. It's it's um it's holding on to things that change. Wanting things, in other words, wanting things to be different than they are. Arguing with reality hurts every time arguing with reality so it's not the happening it's not the people, it's not the thing but it's the thoughts around them the unquestioned thoughts around them because we have our thoughts and then we believe them right? the thought itself could come and go but we have the thought and we go, I'm right about that that's exactly true what am I going to do about it? And then, we, then the whole suffering cycle starts. What if we were able to have a thought and go, have, have a way to question it which would allow us to release it?
1: Because it's always, it's,
0: it's part of pretty much every religion, this idea of letting go. Let go, let go, let go. Well, it's easier said than done. <laughs> As we cling so tightly to everything in our lives. It's easier said than done. This is a way of... Asking questions to try to find whose business is it so when you are triggered when something happens you start you have a thought and that thought is a story there he goes again he always does this he meant to do it I've asked him not to do it still doing it so therefore he must be doing it to me And since he knows I ask him not to, he's really trying to get my goat right now. (laughs) Could be. He was just doing what he was doing. Had nothing to do with me. And I am having all kinds of emotions and physical responses to my emotions by believing the story I'm telling myself. By believing the story I'm telling myself. So what if... Start to look behind at the thought behind the should whenever I hear a should I should do this or every time you have a painful emotion instead of looking right at the emotion look at the thought before it what's the thought before it? I'm trying to think of a good example um, somebody who who uh, triggers you somebody who uses words that you find offensive. You know, they're using words, and they're their words, and they have nothing to do with you. And when you start, when you have that reaction, look before that, and you're going to find they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't do it here, they shouldn't do it now, they shouldn't do it like that. And your shouldn't is what's making you uncomfortable and triggering you. It's not them that's actually doing that. Can you believe that? Mm, Man, to remember. And what it requires is an amazing amount of self-awareness. Some of us have almost no self-awareness. Some of us have a little bit. Some of us have a lot. I think those of us who are completely self-aware have already ascended or (laughs) melted into nirvana or whatever. So I'm going to assume since you're here and I can see you in your body, that you like me have not actually completely conquered this and yet it's a practice that we get to work on every day every day every day he should they should well is it true he shouldn't get drunk what's the truth behind that i don't like it when he gets drunk the fact that he is getting drunk is proof that he should because that's what's happening That's the hard thing for the brain to catch on to. No, obviously, I know what is best here. Of course it's not good, it's not good for his health, it's not good for, and here I'm using an example from my life. My father was an alcoholic. I spent a lot of time arguing with him. Please, daddy, please, 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 don't you see what you're doing to us? Don't you see what you're doing to the family? Please stop drinking. I know, I know somewhere in there you love us, you always have, so I know it's in there somewhere. So please, 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 if you would just do this,
1: It was obvious
0: to me that he should stop drinking. Because I asked him to. Because I had all this proof of how things would be better. And if I had had the ability at that time in my life to start going, wait a minute, whose business is this? It's his business, whether he drinks and what he does while he drinks. It's my business, what I do with my thoughts around that. So I can stay up all night and torture myself and keep begging, the kind of the way one might beg a stump, <laughs> to stop being a stump. Because he was a stump then. That's what he was. And he was going to be a stump until he was ready to not be a stump anymore. And so I could have, perhaps with a little more self-awareness, been able to say, he is who he is and that's not going to change. What's really going on here? I feel scared and unloved and so I can look at that okay am I physically safe am I emotionally safe and then I can do something about that which at age 16 I did I moved out of the house at one point because I realized how painful it was and that it wasn't gonna get better but I spent a couple of years of just banging my head against the wall and putting myself in dangerous situations before I did that. I'm not saying this to depress you and say, oh, I'm not calling my daddy. Because here's the deal. My dad didn't stop drinking until he did. And the last 20 years of my life with my dad were glorious. And part of that time he was drinking and part of that time he wasn't. Who changed? I did. I changed. I set some boundaries. We're going to talk about that some more next week. I set some boundaries and said, this is what I will do. You know, we talk, a lot of people talk about boundaries. Well, I gave him a boundary. I said, you can't do that anymore.
1: <laughs> well,
0: is that his business, your business, or God's business? What he's doing is his business. So the boundary is, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this. whatever it may be and then you have to actually do it or it's not a boundary it's a threat or an ultimatum and so should something be happening should the world be in such a crazy mess right now because whoa boy do we look at it and judge it as a crazy mess I do and then I can look behind that and say wait a minute I'm scared What am i scared of i'm scared of everything blowing up well things are not blowing up now so me being scared of everything blowing up keeps me from being right here right now so this practice brings us into mindfulness it when we stop our shoulds which are always in the past should have should be and come back to what is What is? I should lose weight. I should lose weight. I know it. I've been working with this because I gained weight during COVID, and I didn't like it very much. And I kept thinking, I should lose weight. I should lose this weight. I should lose this weight. But I was kind to myself. I went, you know what? You are not doing that. (laughs) So I'm thinking you're not ready, or you would be doing it. So how about if instead of beating yourself up every day for not doing what you're clearly not ready to do, you give yourself some grace and say, you know what, when I'm tired enough of this weight, I will do something about it. I will. And if I don't, I'll die for that. What's the worst thing that could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? And I take, you know, Take this to the nth degree sometimes, and I have practiced taking things to the nth degree. But the nth degree I always took it to was apocalypse. One time Bob said, "What's the worst thing that happened?" And I was like, "This and then this and then this will happen. And this would definitely happen." And after that, the whole world would blow up. <laughs> and I remembered it. We were driving the car several years, and he looked at me, and he said, "That was really scary." I said, "I know. I live here." <laughs> You only visit occasionally. (laughs) But that does not serve me. And I have been steadily training my mind not to do that. What if everything happens well? What if everything happens just the way I want it to? What if it doesn't happen the way I want it to? Am I big enough to deal with disappointment? Turns out, I can deal with disappointment. I get disappointed all the time. I can deal with it. So the worst thing that happen is you're going to keep doing what you're doing even though I don't want you to do it, and I may be disappointed. Okay, but I'm going to respect you doing what you're doing, and I'm not going to torture myself about it anymore. And I can decide not to be disappointed. I can decide to go, that's what you're doing. I don't want to spend any mental energy on that at all. If the thing that they're doing—and I'm sorry, Bob, I'm always using you— If the thing that they're—so he came last night. He was being playful, and he he picked up my bubbles that I had bought for the retreat, and he was blowing them at me, and he was like, look, bubbles, and then he dropped the whole thing in the floor. (laughs) I was like, can you really not do anything without making a mess? We both just laughed and laughed and laughed at it, but you know, here's the deal. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. Now, I cleaned it up. Not that he should have cleaned it up, it was his mess, But what I know is that I don't like the way he cleans things up. (laughs) And so if it's important to me that they be clean, then I get to do that and accept responsibility that that was my choice. I want it to be cleaned this way. He would have cleaned it his way. I wanted to clean it my way. And I accept responsibility for that, and nobody's mad. (sighs) Nobody's mad. These are just tiny. There's the tiny example and there's like the big example of my dad. This works in any in any place in your life. The thing is, we ha- we have to start investigating. It's not the thoughts themselves. We get the thought and we can release it, but if we investigate the thought, then it will not take us over. We do not have to attach a story to it. We do not have to take it and stuff it into a bag, and throw it over our shoulder and carry it around with us. Those things are really, really heavy, y'all. Those shoulds are really heavy. What if you didn't live in a world of should anymore? Would you be present to everything that is, just as it is right now? So we get to look at what is. We get to look at what we want. We get to look at what other people are doing that we don't like and hold it up to reality. Is this real or am I making it up? I'm making it up that it's not okay for him to pour bubbles on the floor because he just poured bubbles on the floor. So that's the proof that it should have happened. It did happen. In God's world, everything happens for a reason. Or if you're a Buddhist and don't believe in God, everything happens just as it does. Everything happens just as it does. And then our decision, our choice, is what to do about it, is what we're going to do about it, how we're going to feel about it. And we can can choose, as Kay so beautifully sang to us, we can choose love. We can choose love. We can choose trust. We can choose to know that I'm still alive. All of those times that I thought this is going to kill me haven't yet. And when the time that comes that does kill me, I will have any control over that. So how about if I just live the life I have? That is what I hope. And the last thing I'll say is, until we know we have a choice, we don't have one. So we, just by being here, by having put ourselves on a path of wanting to know, of wanting to, of saying, there has to be more to this world than it looks like, we are the lucky ones now. We're the lucky ones who know that it could be different. We're the ones who know we always have a choice. We're the ones who know that we can be in peace with reality or fight it. Next week I'm gonna introduce you to some actual questions that you can use as the inquiry. Um, like I say, this is deep work, but you can, you can do it right away and you can do it on something small. When you have a thought that shouldn't happen, question yourself about it. Really? Because it did. What are my feelings about it? Those are my choice. Whose business is it? If it's anybody's but mine, then I do. So I might as well just keep walking. Thank you. (laughs) So we'll just take those ideas into into medication. (laughs) The anger is in you. Breathe. And I just feel like breathing in gratitude that I'm in this place. That I'm with these people who want to choose love. For allowing me to be in a community that supports me in my goal of choosing love rather than fear. beautiful for God. And so when I look at my action, I can say, oops, that wasn't beautiful for God, that was ugly. Or I could breathe even deeper into it and say, because I did it, it must something beautiful for God. following our joy, of making our way to our joy, of stop resisting the things that take our joy away, which is basically our minds. We get to say joy is my goal. Joy is actually not even a goal. It's who I am when I'm not being all the other stuff. And maybe I'm triggering someone else. Maybe they're really mad. shaming myself and packing it into my backpack, I can say I see the harm I did. I regret it. I'm sorry. How can I make that up to you? Or simply step forward knowing that that is a harm that we now know better than to keep causing again and again. that one go. Because the choice for love is not love if it doesn't choose love for us as well as for everyone else. Love has no place for blame. It has a place for responsibility and accountability. Breathe in a deep breath. Perhaps say to yourself, I am responsible and accountable for my actions. Now I have to have an opinion on anybody else's. shame of ourselves or anyone else. The joy that we nurture in our lives. I know I say this a lot, but take this in. Joy is your birthright. You were born joyful. And then somebody took you out of a dark place into the light and slapped you. (laughs) And you had your first moment of not joy. It happens to all of us. And yet, For children, joy is easier easier to remember. Children haven't told as many stories to themselves as we have. So I can't always fix my thinking, but what I can do is take a pause and say, hmm, is that true or did I just make up that story? his birthright.